0: For 20% off.
1: All right, guys. Welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today, I've got two buddies that they grew up together. They love to hunt together. They started a podcast and a YouTube channel. And they live in different parts of the country now. So we're gonna kind of dissect that, what that looks like, how their hunts differ from one another, but then also the hunts that they enjoy doing together. So I'm really excited to have both Nick Mathias and Cole Bushor on the podcast today. And we're going to jump right into this one.
2: Like, he was doing things
1: that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show today is Nick Mathias and Cole Bush and these guys have a YouTube channel, a podcast called jumping the string. Now, let me get this right. Nick, you're in Montana and Cole, you're in Indiana, right? That's right. So how did you guys come about starting a podcast together? I mean, did you, did you know each other long before starting a podcast or, uh, did you guys meet at like a show or how'd that play out? Yeah, you so are, uh, are, go ahead yeah, ahead. I'll
0: take this one. Um, Cole and I grew up uh, pretty much same small town. Uh, went to school together, church together, orthodontist together, um, yeah. dentist together. I mean, we somehow ended up going to everything together since we were like six years old. Um, same friend group, same everything. Got um, he grew up hunting his whole life, pretty much. I got into it a little later in life, in my Uh, later teens, but, um, hunting and fishing together and, um, shooting guns and partying in small, small town, Indiana. And then, uh, I moved West about five years ago and he's still out there. And, uh, I've been wanting to start a podcast for a couple of years. I think I started thinking about in 2017, finally started it in 2021 and, uh, kind of got it off the ground now we do this long distance um podcast where we just kind of average joe's talking about hunting and fishing and love the outdoors and uh just love to kind of chat with each other about it and whoever listens listens
1: nick are you are you big into western hunting now like coming from indiana there's not a lot of other big game aside from whitetail and i don't know do you guys have a bear season there
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was an interesting transition. I, uh, pretty much had no experience hunting out West. Um, just kind of moved out here cause I wanted to, uh, start hunting big game and everything. So, um, all self-taught Western big game hunting, which is kind of insane. Um, had a couple of good mentors, a lot of YouTube videos and just a lot of trial and error, a lot of spooking animals, missed shots. And, uh, yeah, it's been uh it's been a wild ride, but uh, slowly but surely getting uh, the feel of it. And it's been awesome. Um, you know, we have had a lot of successful seasons out here, so it's been awesome.
1: Are you uh, are you chipping away at Cole trying to get him to move out there with you or
0: what? Yeah, it's got him about 87 uh, okay. percent there, I'd say. And, uh, I'm, uh, dang, 87%, <laughs> man, you're close, dude. I'm I mean,
1: you're about to start looking for places to live.
2: Yeah. I have, uh, I'm 87% of myself. The rest of that 13% is, is my wife. That's, that's what, uh, I'm working on. I, I keep sending her videos of like girls walking out on the front porch with their coffee in the morning and like looking over like snowy mountains or like a great mountains with some good foliage going up. I'm like, man, this could be us. She goes, man, that looks beautiful. I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, whenever you want to go, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go because, uh, I don't know if Nick said, uh, when you're talking before I got on, was, uh, I actually got to go out there this past year and, uh, man, it was, it was crazy. Like I I've been out West and, uh, been to Colorado, Utah, um where else have i been
0: montana uh, now.
2: Arizona. yeah now montana and then like that like tops it i mean that was it. like after that i'm like this is what i'm talking about because like colorado i go to visit family i've never been hunting but like hunting out west was a game changer it was i was very nervous because coming from indiana Uh Oh, you know, like seeing family, but not, uh, back. I was okay. It ended up being okay. I got a couple wins that I had to like take a breather, but most of most of it was, uh, it was better than I expected. I was very nervous about getting altitude sickness. Cause we were, we stayed out in the mountains for a couple of days and, uh, I was, I was hoping I wasn't at the tell Nick that, uh, I had to chicken out because I was getting altitude sickness,
1: dude. It's no joke, man. That brings people down hard, but I've known, uh, there's a company, I don't, it might just be called O2, but basically it's a can, like a compressed can of air of oxygen with like a little mask on it. And you can just put it over your face and get like good oxygen. I mean, like really rich oxygen. And help with that, and I saw it on Shark Tank of all places. But as soon as I did, I was like, "That's brilliant for Western hunting, especially you know coming from the Midwest. It's a whole different ball game."
2: Yeah, because you live in Missouri.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm in Missouri, and you know it's it's probably maybe around a thousand feet of elevation sure. here, but then going out going right. out west, you know, sometimes I'm hunting. 8,000 feet sometimes I'm hunting 12,000 feet so it's kind of anybody's guess
0: yeah I always tell people when they come out to uh if you're coming for a seven-day hunt do everything you absolutely can to make it a 10-day hunt so you have time on the front end to uh you know get ready give yourself you know one night at 3,500 4,000 feet or whatever and then uh get yourself up to that seven, eight, nine, whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes, I mean, it makes sense to just take, take your time because it's difficult because coming from out of state, going to, going to the West, you know, it's a big trip already. And so then to plan a few days ahead of that in order to go out and get acclimated, that can be a a real challenge and a real struggle for people, but it is worth it. If it means that you're actually going to be able to, get out there and enjoy your hunt and not, um, not kill yourself and not have to be medevaced off the mountain.
0: Yeah. Cole had a rough go. Cause he had to drive. Um, it's basically 24 hours. Um, I'm pretty sure he set the land speed record for coming out from <laughs> Indiana, Montana, pretty much drove straight through on nothing but um, caffeine and Red Bull and hope. And uh, <laughs> he got and out here, here. <laughs> he crashed for like six hours and then we were, up on the mountain at seven the next day he was a champ i mean he was tired but he was getting after it. it was awesome yeah what was that like cole i mean having to drive
1: that far and then jump i mean i get it the the first day of the hunt like you're jacked It you never get enough sleep leading up to that day but your adrenaline carries you it's like the days following that really start to take a take a toll
2: yeah no uh because we were like uh, we were supposed to have a buddy that was supposed to come with us. Uh, he was going to fly from North Carolina to, uh, Chicago and I was going to pick him up on the way. Cause I kind of had to go that way anyway, from Indiana, but his uh, dad ended up getting real sick. So he wasn't able to make it. So I was like, "Oh boy, this is gonna, this is gonna be a fun 24 hour trip by myself.
0: No, no, no. And, we uh, thought we, the other, we thought the trip was over and then Cole's like, I'm doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
2: Cause Nick was like, y- y- if you still want to come, Cole, I was like, oh, I'm coming. I'm like, I'm, I already got, I got my gear. I've already got the time off. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing this no matter what. And, uh, yeah, I left at like 5 PM on a Thursday and I got there by, Nine, nine thirty Friday night. Dang. So, I I took like a two hour nap, and then that was really it. And then I got there to Nick's house, and like I was st- like, when you get there, you're still that like you're like driving, <laughs> you're like, oh man, I'm I'm not gonna make it. And then I get there, I'm like, oh, I'm ready to go. Let's you know, I'm let's get on the mountain now. So. And then the next day we went to like the gun range, and then we went up for a hunt. And I felt like it started to take a toll on me, probably, probably like three or four days in. I'm like, man, this is uh like. He's like, oh, we're gonna hike up here. I'm like, Damn, man, that's a long way. Maybe we can find you know, something. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? No, I'm out here. I only got so many days out here. Uh, let's do it, you know. So it was, and then I drove home. I was planning on stopping because I had a doe tag in eastern montana that was good for opening day of gun season and that was a saturday so i left friday night i mean friday morning and i was gonna plan on finding it like getting out to eastern montana because nick's on the western side i was gonna plan on getting to eastern montana and uh finding some public ground and uh, i was gonna hunt saturday morning till like noon and then i was gonna drive home my uh on my way home, my daughter, my wife texted me and said, "Hey, Marley, that's my black lab. She's uh, she's not she's not doing good. She's throwing up all the time, and she's hasn't been eating. She goes, I don't know what's wrong with her. I'm like, oh man. I was like, and she's seven, not too old, but old enough where uh, health risk could be involved involved. So yeah. I was like, uh, maybe I just you know I better just get home. Well, I ended up just driving straight 24 hours home. So I, I did again and I, again, so I, and I actually beat my time by 10 minutes on the way home.
1: Jeez, man, that's insane. Yeah.
0: So yeah, yeah I figure we, uh, myself. uh
2: I'm building
0: this, I'm building the shop. I'm going to get Cole out here to uh do my electrical for me and uh, we're going to time it right for Turkey season. So that should push them over the edge. Um, he should be moved in and have his residency before archery season. <laughs> see, see the nice thing about Turkey hunting is,
1: you know, it's not typically an all day affair like Western big game hunting is. I mean, Well, I mean, it is for some people. Some people do the morning and evening thing, but I like to hunt all day when I'm Western hunting. Um, yeah. But yeah, Turkey hunting, dude, you'll get out there and you'll hit a bird right away. Then you're, Gonna be good, and you can wire up a whole shop. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: No, I. It's funny, I've done this done this before. We got a that buddy that was supposed to come with us. He lives in North Carolina, and he needed a generator hooked up. And I'm like, he's like, I don't want to pay anybody out here. I'd re- much rather pay you. I was like, all right, I'll you know, you pay for my gas and and pay for the stuff, and I'll do it for free. I just I'll just drive out there and stay with you for a couple of days. So I wired the generator in one day, and then he took me on uh, three days of fishing trips. So I think that's a good, uh, I think that's a good uh, compromise.
1: Dude, that's a great business strategy right there. Like, Hey, I'll come out and do it. And then we go and hunt and fish. And then it's all under like the business side of things. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel like we could really turn it into something. I saw, I may have already mentioned this on the podcast to somebody else, but I saw a pretty funny thing the other day and it was like, police officer said that he would basically for 400 bucks him and his buddies would show up in uniform in squad cars arrest you take you to jail <laughs> tell your wife yeah. absolutely nothing and then he would drop you off at the airport you could go fishing or hunting for the week and then the next week he would bring you back home and release you or he'd put you in a jail cell call her and then she could come pick you up and like, yep. no question it was like, all That's a big a good...
0: misunderstanding
1: yeah. Hey, this is all, it's our fault. Our bad. Dude, and the guy's in a, a super good mood the whole time. Yeah. Talk about a good business plan.
2: <laughs> is a good business adventure. I, I I'd, I'd be down to do that too. I'm like, sorry, sorry, babe. I got arrested. up. uh, they're supposed to release me in a couple of days. So, uh, I'll be out when I can.
1: Yeah. I'll explain everything.
2: Yep. I'll explain in everything. five days. <laughs> in five days. <laughs> It's like why did you why did you leave a jail cell with thirty five pounds of meat? I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, this is just what they gave me. <laughs> this is
1: just what they <laughs> gave me. That's awesome. So okay, let's let's jump to Nick. Nick, what does your hunting look like out in Montana now? And then I'd like to hear Cole, kind of what you're into back home in Indiana, and then obviously some of your trips and and what those have looked like. Um, wait, Perfect. I'm gonna back up. Before that, I want to know how this trip went that you went on 24 oh, hours driving straight there 24 hours straight back How was the trip in yeah. between
2: the trip was great uh like i said the first day we went to the gun range made sure our guns were on point um i should really start off the trip with so nick told me to put in for general elk and general mule deer and uh for for bull and buck he's like, and, it's cow like an and cow elk and cow elk he's like, it's like an 85% chance of you getting it. I'm like, he's like, just do the whole, the whole bundle. I'm like, okay. So I did that. And, uh, then I got something back said, I didn't get in. I'm like, okay. Dang. I'm like, what's, uh, I'm like, so I'm like, so I'm the 15% that was unlucky. I'm like, okay, well, uh, Nick, I'm still like, I'm still buying gear. Um, what can I still come out there to do? Cause I already had like the days off, you know, I still want to come out there and, and do this. And uh, he's like, you could put in for uh antelope uh, mule deer, doe another cow elk and uh, a white tailed doe. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. All I got was a white tailed doe. I can shoot one of those in my backyard. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you could still come out for a white tailed doe if you want to. I was like, I will, but like, it, like, is there any good like over the counter options? You know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll just do about anything to get out there. He's like, well, you could get, get a a fall bear tag. I'm like, that's cool with me. And he's like, might as well get a wolf tag too. You know, if we see one. I'm like, okay. So I buy that over the counter. I have to do, oh, before I do that, I got to do the bear identification course. It's like a 30-question course on, is this a black bear or grizzly? Black bear gri- grizzly. Oh, yeah. So, I missed one. I don't know how I missed one, but I, I guess <laughs> I missed one.
0: Um, they throw so a couple werewolves had- in there. <laughs> Big foot.
2: So... Uh, the whole like couple months ahead of time, Nick's sending me all like there's having a lot of wild wildfires. He went out opening the elk and he said it was the smokiest he's ever like had the hunting. He goes, he couldn't he's like it was like a fog. I'm like, oh man, hopefully every he's like everything should be good by the time you get here. I'm like, Okay. And then like a couple weeks before, he's like, Everything looks good, weather looks good. I'm like, perfect. And then we get out there and I
0: had bears picked out for you. Yeah. yeah a couple yeah, of bears on trail cam you
2: sending me snapchats of bears like, sit, he, him, the bears, like <laughs> off the side of like the logging roads up in the mountains i'm like, And yeah. <laughs> i'm just getting jacked now i'm like oh, oh yeah first, first first day bear then we'll you know then we'll go i'll go buy like a uh extra tag or something and then, you know what uh oh because they have fall turkey it's like i'll buy a couple extra turkey tags you know we'll have a good time this and, was our
0: uh, real quick this was our downfall we're like we're going to get this Montana bear so quick. We can run to Idaho, pick up one of their over the counter tags and then hunt bear over there. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. So we were counting our trophies before we hatched,
2: which was a bad idea. I know we should have done that, but I was just, I was just jacked up like, okay, like we don't have bears around here. I'm like, this is going to be so cool. Uh, So of course I get out there and it's the hottest October they've had in 22 years. So it was 75, 80 during the day, and then it still got cold at night. But, I mean, there was – we saw plenty of fresh bear sign all over the place. I mean, it was – there was bear scat everywhere, especially on this one side of the mountain that we, we stayed on. This was and our second mistake. Yeah, <laughs> we stayed right where the bear scat was, which was probably not a good idea, but it was a perfect – I'll, I'll just send you a picture. down it was a perfect overview of a whole like huge mountainside, a good ravine where they could go down and get water. They had we had fresh berries over here. I mean, it was like a bear paradise. But of course, it was you know just too hot during the day for those bears to be out. And so yeah, this is where the trip really got to me was that first night we hiked three and a half miles up, two thousand feet of elevation. Uh, we had to bring in a, a camp stove so we could stay warm. So we had a game cart that we had to push up the mountain. Cause and I and I way overpacked. I've you know, I've always said like don't overpack, you know, don't overpack. I'm like, oh, you know, I kinda want this. My pack had to be at least seventy
0: pounds. Horrible we left the we left the uh we left the trail and I'm like, Cole. I'm like, we can try this, man, but you look like a yard sale right now already. We didn't even <laughs> started yet.
2: And I'm like, I'll I think I'll be all right. And then, my I pushed the game cart first, and I'm just like, oh, boy, this is this is my first day. This is this gonna be a rough seven days." We finally yeah. got there. It took us, took us about an hour and a half, probably two hours. Would you say, Nick? Probably about that time.
0: Yeah, we got up there. Probably. Well, we started. We went up glass a little bit probably took us three or four total with a couple stops, but we were hunting yeah, my, in about yeah. an hour or two. Yep. Yeah, so we got there and
2: this logging road hasn't been used for 20 something years. So there's overgrown trees and stuff. And then we see bear scat, bear scat, bear scat. And I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. So we set up camp there. And, uh, that night we got that fire going in there. I got in a, my sleeping bag and it was just like, Lights instantly out.
0: unconscious, instant just, like yeah. as soon as that
2: as soon as that warmth hit me from the fire, I was out. And then Nick, unfortunately, when he went to go stoke the fire, he rolled his pad over on his knife and it poked a hole in his pad, so he sunk oh. all the way to the ground. Oh no, so so he's just laying on the ground, so he's uncomfortable, and I all I wake up to is hey bear. Hey bear. And I'm like, oh, like no. what I'm like, what's what's going on? And f- and then all I hear is outside the tent like, oh. Uh, uh. I'm like, so I'm like reaching for my pistol underneath my my pillow and Nick's got his pistol drawn at the tent like and you can see the shadow of the bear on the side of the tent.
1: Oh my god. And,
2: and if it, it ended up walking away, but I was just like my wife was like, I told her a story, she goes, if Nick's pad didn't like bust that bear would have been in the tent with you. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I was out. I mean, I was lights out. I I had no, like I woke up, I had no idea where I was one of those sleeps where you wake up, you're like, what, you know, what's going on? Where am I? Just from the, all the exhaustion from driving and then hiking up. So that, that was pretty exciting. I was not expecting our first night out. Like sleeping out there, to have a bear like probably two yards from our tent,
1: dude. Yeah, that was wilds man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it uh, it, w- it was pretty intense. So yeah, we ended up staying there like the whole like the whole next day, blasting nothing. Moved to another spot. Uh, went and got some water because we Nick told me to bring extra water, and I did. And. <laughs> Nick forgot his extra water. So I had to share my extra water with Nick. So that trip down from the mountain, we were very thirsty. And then we got, got to the, the Creek in the bottom and uh, we filtered some water. And that was the best. I mean, that was the best water I've ever had in my life. Dude, there's was, nothing
1: better than like mountain stream water. When you're super thirsty, freshly filtered, there's some just something ice on about it. filtering your own water. Yeah, man. There's
2: like, there's ice on the edges because it it was getting pretty pretty uh cold that night. it was getting to uh, like 28 degrees at night we, we saw yeah. it a couple times so it was still pretty cold but yeah so we next the next day we we stayed at another cool campsite They actually had like the campsite we stayed at there. We actually ran into town and uh got some extra supplies because it was only like 12 miles and then uh I got a six pack of uh Coors uh banquet uh just to sit by the fire, have a good time in the mountains. I'm like nothing better than drinking some Rocky Mountain beer in the in the Rocky Mountains. So yeah. We ended up putting it in the creek to keep it warm. I mean cool. And then we went for a couple hikes, didn't see anything, but we had a good game plan for the third day. Went back, cooked some sausages, had some cooler's banquets at by the fire and and that was like this is this is living. I mean it wasn't you know we were still out there but it wasn't like a you know eating uh your ready wise meals and stuff like we ate a couple of them but it wasn't that far but it's still like that's nothing I've ever done around here you know deer you know we go to you go to deer camp and you're sleeping in a house and you know sitting around a a table hanging out but yeah that was it was an experience so yeah like the first like four or five days where I was like real confident. And then like by the end of the fifth day, I got like a day and a half left. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this is going to happen. And thanks to Nick. I mean, we drove those last, that last day and a half, we probably put five, 600 miles on his truck. Put, I mean, we put so many hours behind the glass. Uh, I mean, it was that, that last day and a half. I mean, we, to say we didn't try was, it was, was we didn't we definitely did way more than that so i, yeah, mean, I think I, we figured I, I came out home, i came home happy because you know it's not like we were like two days in right like, oh no bears we'll just you know we'll just go hang out at the local watering hole and you know go back up tomorrow no we we grinded it out and that's yeah. what i wanted to do so it was a hell of a trip i mean i can't wait to get back out there my wife made a joke when i got home she said so did you get all your big game out west hunts out of your system? I said, no, this is this is just the beginning. So
1: that <laughs> just lit the fuse, baby. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It just it just lit the fuse real good. So yeah. It was it's, it's it was cool, like
1: Western hunting, man. It's it's different not that not that you can't still go out and have fun in the Midwest or out East hunting. But like when you go out West hunting and you put all these miles on in the vehicle, like driving forest roads or on foot, like there's people who do that and that's all they do without a gun. You know, they're not even hunting. They just go out there to do hiking trips. Mm -hmm. And so like you can have an incredible time even without doing, without pulling the trigger or sending an arrow. And that's my thing. I told my buddy Chris, when I got back from a mountain lion hunt, I was like, dude, you'd love it. Like, I never saw a mountain lion. The dogs got on a couple tracks, which was awesome. But I plan on going back and doing it. But even without hunting at all, like, we're going on 4 by 4 trails with my buddy's Tacoma. And it's just like <laughs> rock crawling our way up the mountain. We're looking yeah. around for tracks. Yeah. And so even without the hunting aspect of it, it's an amazing trip.
2: Yeah. I, I couldn't ask for Anything better? It was. I can't wait to go back out where I. I always. I'm already saving up for for the next big one. Hey man, thirteen yeah, yeah.
1: percent to go, and you're just gonna be living out there.
2: Yep, I. That's the thirteen percent is my wife. I just. I just gotta. Gotta find a job, and that that'd be pretty easy with Nick out there. He could do some scouting for me. But yeah, the thirteen percent is my wife. Nice. Nick, how yeah.
1: long, how long had you been living there and hunting out there before Cole came out to hunt with you?
0: Yeah. So, uh, this would be my fifth year out here. So last year would have been four and we took him to my secret bear spot. Um, a guy I know shot ton of bears out of there. I shot a boar out of there in the spring, nice boar and uh black bear. So we, we went up there and I'm kind of kicking myself because had we not camped where we had, we probably would have shot that bear because, um, I mean, just from following his tracks and scat, you could pattern him. I mean, it was like every 10 feet you're walking into a new pile of bear crap. And we, I think we just spooked him that first night. But it yeah. was the only flat spot on the entire mountain to pitch a tent. So we kind of had to do what we had to do. Yeah, you got you to gotta take those when you find them for
1: sure. Yeah. Dang man, I have I I've gotten a couple bear tags, have not even come close to shooting one. We did come across some really fresh prints in the snow one time, um, uh, up in Montana. What is the meat harvest requirements for bear? Do you have to harvest the meat on that? Because I found out in Utah, bear and mountain lion, you don't have to harvest any meat, which I thought was really bizarre. All you have to do is take the cape on those.
0: Yeah. So, uh, here in Montana, it's, it's just like anywhere else elk deer. Um, you got to take the, the four quarters, the backstraps, tenderloins. Um, so that's the main requirement. And you also, um, obviously everybody wants their bear hide and skull. Um, but that has to come out too. Um, the yeah. downside to that is that can weigh another 100 pounds if you get a big boar <laughs> just in the hiding skull. So uh, Idaho, however, um, I think it's statewide, but definitely in the wilderness units. Um, it is uh, well, one, you can get two bear tags for a discount rate, which is nice. Um, and just because they have so many, they're trying to um, help out the, the deer and elk numbers a little bit. But, uh, you only have to pull out the hide and the skull. So, um, and that is because one, the bears over there don't taste that great. And two, um, they want you to go in 20 miles and shoot a bear and you just are not going to be able to by yourself, get a bear out 20 miles back or even with four people. So, um, they take that into consideration. So kind of interesting. Um, I'm not sure of many places. You know, like you're saying, Utah is one of them, um, but most places, uh, including Montana, is you're pulling out all the, you know, traditionally kept meat, the four quarters, back straps, loins.
1: Yeah. You, you had mentioned that the meat doesn't taste that great. What What is it about that area that makes it taste bad?
0: Uh, I think it's just because they're at a higher elevation. They're getting, um, they have less food for less amount of time over there. So, um, some of the, like here, um, they have, they have good taste in bears. I've had some, we, uh, um, we ran a bait site in Idaho last spring. We got two bears out of, so that was awesome. But, and they tasted fine, but they were low land bears, like 3,500 feet, uh, smaller bears. Um, those bigger wilderness boars, they get back in there for miles and, uh, there's a ton of them, you know, if you've ever watched any of the, uh youtube videos on idaho you know there's a lot of great bear hunting back there but man it is incredibly hard you're doing 10 12 mile days everything on your back you know no resupply no nothing it's a truly backcountry hunt um and then there's just less food for less amount of time and then when they get old um, they just start to get a little leathery and dried out um getting. get
1: more tough. I mean, I'm yep. sure a lot of that, like if you prepare them right, it's going to cook a lot of that out of it, but, oh yeah. um, it is interesting. Cause I hear a lot of people about, it It seems like every species has certain people where they're like, Oh man, pigs, dude, you can't shoot a big boar. Those things taste like crap. Well, you might as well chew on your shoe, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, then white tail, you know, Oh, you know, the does and the fawn or the does and the yearlings, they taste like they taste way better than a big buck. And, with elk oh man elk's good but you shoot a big bull and it's always in the sage it's not going to taste very it it just seems like everybody has an opinion about about the meat and what i've discovered is if you find the right person who knows how to cook it it's going to be good
0: oh yeah Um, yeah Mm -hmm. for me and (laughs) i think it's i think it's very uh I think it's very animal dependent too. Cause you can get yeah. again, one of them big boars that doesn't taste good at all, but then you can get one that tastes great cause he's been eating a different food source. Um, yeah. just like you hear all the time, the, you know, the big grizzlies and Brown bears in Alaska, they don't taste good cause they eat so many Marine resources and then, but you got people that that's all they eat. So, yeah. um, is those Brown and grizzly bears. So, um, the bear I got, I gave Cole some to take back. And, um, this bear is freaking phenomenal. I mean, it was crazy how fat he was, um, early, uh, I guess it was kind of late spring when I shot him. Um, it was like a fall bear with his fat, like he never even hibernated. So, I mean, it was the amount of fat we got off this bear is like insane. It's like 12 Mason jars of rendered fat, which is awesome. But, uh, yeah, but then I've had bears that it's like hmm, this tastes a little off. But yeah, I think you're definitely well, I, right. It's it's wonder, all about the preparation.
1: Yeah, I wonder how much of it obviously is preparation but then also how the animal dies. You know, cuz I yeah. I know with um like with with pigs when we used to butcher pigs you shoot them quick, like you shoot them in the head, right? And yep. I, we would typically shoot them with a captive bolt gun or with the twenty-two and they just drop. But they told me, hey, listen, if you if you shoot them and they drop right away and you bleed them out quickly, you know, you get all that blood out, they're gonna be really good. Whereas if you mess it up or the animal is super stressed out, that was another thing we did with the pigs is we wouldn't feed them for like the day before we were gonna butcher so that they were hungry and we'd put feed out for them like right next to the fence so we could use the captive bolt gun and they'd just be so relaxed and eating the food. We wouldn't shoot them when they were stressed out and he's like you can taste that in the meat. You know, mm-hmm. like you can you can tell with the tenderness, with the texture, with the flavor of the meat if you kill that animal when it's totally stressed out, when it's freaking out and you're chasing it down and you have to shoot it and like there's a big difference. So I wonder how much of that is people have bad experiences with an animal that maybe they put a shot on and it didn't die right away, it ran for a while, it was stressed, they had to shoot it again. That could be their only experience with it, and because of that, they're like, oh, no, those animals don't taste good. All right, guys, if you've been listening to the podcast, I'm sure you've heard me talk about the helicopter hog hunt that I did down in Texas. Now I went down there with Rogue Texan Outfitters and Landon and Brandon the Owners put us on the animals. We killed 150 pigs and 19 coyotes just from the air. On top of that, we went out thermal hunting at night and got up close and personal to more hogs. I didn't have to worry about bringing guns or ammunition because all of that was provided for me, and it is to this day the most action-packed day of hunting I've ever had. I stand by what I've said in the past, and that's that helicopter hog hunting is the funnest thing that you can do with pants on in addition they offer sandhill crane hunts and predator calling so if you're looking for the most exciting hunt of your life and something that you're going to want to come back and do year after year go check out roguetexan.com and book your hunt today
2: yeah absolutely yeah like i've always heard when i was growing up like we went when we started like goose hunting ah, uh, those, t- those things taste like leather. Those things, you know, those are just, you know, throw them to the coyotes. You, 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 I don't it, know how I like, forgot
1: that in my analogy, geese and waterfowl. Everybody <laughs> yeah. complains about geese and waterfowl. Yeah. Everybody. Oh, my
2: God. Everybody's like, oh, that taste it just, it just tastes like liver. If you just slow cook it, get a medium rare, put some bacon on it. You know, if you want some extra flavor, those are the best tasting animals ever. I mean, it, my buddy cooked up a whole bunch of speckled bellies last year for a big party, and he just slow cooked them on his on his smoker, got them like medium rare, little, you know medium, and that dude, I'd eat that over over anything any day. I mean, at, right before the podcast, my buddy just dropped off a whole bunch of speckled belly meat for me because he doesn't eat it because he doesn't like it. I'm like, I'll take it. I, I, I'm not opposed to eating that because I I love it.
0: Anybody I'm that doesn't say, like waterfowl hasn't had a uh, jalapeno cream cheese uh, waterfall popper wrapped in bacon. Dude, I oh, just yeah. talked to somebody about that the other day.
1: If you add bacon, cream cheese, and jalapenos to anything, it's gonna taste good. Oh, like yep. it doesn't matter what you're cooking. You can find the toughest, nastiest part of that animal. You throw those ingredients in with it, and you're you're in the money.
2: Yeah, and if, and if that person doesn't like it, then that person should just be a vegetarian because that's that's the best tasting meal <laughs> you can have. So what's
1: funny is like I think another part of it is just people's palates. You know, some yeah. people – like I get it. I'm not an onion fan. I don't like onions
2: anyway. I, I, I hate and onions. I hate onions.
1: I know people that would eat a raw onion. Like I mean they're they're possibly serial killers, but like they would eat <laughs> onions anyway. And when my buddy shot his mountain goat, I ate it and I took one bite. I mean, we cooked up the back straps. We cooked up some trout that we caught up in the high streams and the trout was amazing. That mountain goat tasted like a gut shot deer smells. I mean, like it was that, it was that nasty. I kid you not. And I'm like, I mean, it could be the fact that that was one tough animal. I mean, it took a lot to put that animal down. Like, it was alive for quite a while after the initial shot. And, I mean, he Mm -hmm. kept trying to make follow-up shots on it, and it just seemed like it would eat the bullet and, like, keep going and keep going. And so, again, it goes back to the whole stress side of it. It could have been that, but that's my only experience with mountain goat. But it was enough. The flavor of that meat was enough to make me quit putting in for mountain goat. Like, I don't put in for (laughs) preference points for mountain goat anymore. It was that bad. And then the other one of the other guys, Josh – and this is after I'm climbing to, like, 12,000, 13,000 feet every day. You know, like, we're going after these things. Yeah. And typically, when you're putting out that much energy or you're expending that much energy, everything tastes good. I couldn't yeah. stomach it, man. I had one medallion. I was like, that's it, dude. I'm glad I didn't shoot this because then I'd feel bad if I didn't eat it, you know. Like, somebody's got to eat it, but yeah, you're yeah. responsible for that now. The yeah, other guy with us, freezer. Josh – you gotta it in your He's like,
2: and you're just like, oh, God, this is what I got to <laughs> eat now. Yeah. The other guy that was with
1: us, Josh, he was like, I don't know what you guys are complaining about. This is pretty good. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> oh, do you have COVID, man? Like, do you not yeah. taste right now? Something's going on.
2: Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. I, I've, he- I've heard stories about mountain goats like that. That you, Like, they like I've even seen it on, like, Line or, like, on YouTube. Like, they this you could see, like, the shock wave and it's just like they just like take it and there's like kind of like this slowly move i'm like this looks like this eat that thing
0: i think too with mountain mountain goat and same with sheep um you know a lot of times when you shoot them they they go tumbling and i think that just chews up that beat and you know it does like the uh opposite of tenderizing kind of and can kind of get it all bloodshot and everything yeah see this one
1: I don't remember how many rounds he put into it. I could go back and watch the videos and count it up, but it ended. It didn't tumble. Luckily, mm-hmm. it ended up dying about four feet from a hundred foot drop though. And yeah. so oh, nice. we got up there and it was still alive. It was probably about 15 feet, maybe 10 feet away from it, the drop. And we get up there and we can tell it's still alive. So he puts another round in it. And it turns and starts heading down towards the cliff. And we're like, Mm -hmm. no, no. And I'm in the video like, just die. Please just die. Like, don't go down there. And it got to the point where uh, my buddy Sean, the hunter, he like just takes off running. And he like grabs it by the horn and pulls it up away from the cliff Mm -hmm. just so it doesn't fall down. And I was like, dude, that could have been a mess. You know, like you're up here. Yeah. Potentially a once in a lifetime hunt. And all of a sudden your, your animal takes a dive that far. I mean, who knows how much that's going to ruin. Like we, we already had to take a picture of the, one of the quarters because it was completely destroyed. I mean, there was nothing to save off of it. It's opposing shoulder was just like blown apart. Cause it was a quartering shot, a quartering away shot for one of them. And I mean, it just, there's not a lot of meat on those things or at least that one. There wasn't mm-hmm. like I fit all of the meat very very easily into my backpack. Um Really? Yeah. They look like a big and animal
2: though. Is it just all like, they all look fur? huge? Like
1: when you walk up to them, they look huge, and you skin them out, and you're like, dude, this is like a dog. I mean, it's there's there's not much, and then on top of that, the gut sack. It had the biggest gut sack in comparison <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the body that I've ever seen on an animal. I mean, it was like it had a beer belly, and so I bet you. I wouldn't be surprised if it only had like 20% of its body weight, maybe 25% was in muscle and everything else was guts, bones, and fur.
2: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. It was, like it was nuts. Big, it, it was like shocking. animal. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I'm sure like if you get a big, big Billy that it, yeah. y- you know, you're going to get more meat off of it. But this one was just not, it didn't seem like there was much. I was blown away. I'm like, dude, I feel like we need to pack this whole thing out because anybody seeing how much meat we have is going to be like, "You left a lot of meat up there." And mm-hmm. we're like, "No, we cleaned off every bit of bone we could, and this is all it was. It was a very small amount."
0: That's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. What, uh,
1: what What do you guys have going on right now in the outdoor world? I mean, are you guys completely done with seasons? Are you just gearing up for turkey now? I'm trying it's all
0: about that turkey time, baby. Yeah.
1: I'm your favorite time of year. Hold on. Are you guys diehard Turkey hunters?
0: Oh my Uh, gosh.
2: I'm it's probably my, I mean, we don't have much around here. I'm, I used to be a giant waterfowler. I mean, yeah, I hunted deer for a couple years with my dad and then he kind of got out of it. And then my buddies were all getting into the waterfall game and I was like, okay, you know, I still want to hunt my buddies. And now I'm, my buddy actually had just bought a couple years ago, 40 acres, like an hour from us. So we've been trying to manage that. We've had, I'll send you some pictures after the fact of some bucks that we had. And uh, we've been trying to manage it, trying to, you know, got, we got the whole surveillance all, like we have like, I think we got like 15 cameras on this 40 acres just because it's so thick. I mean, there is thickets everywhere. So I've been getting really back into uh the whitetail game. Uh I I listened to your buddy your podcast with the Louisiana guy about saddle hunting and I just got into saddle hunting this year and I'm absolutely in love with it. It's the it's best, a game changer isn't it best things <laughs> to slice Uh it is it's amazing.
0: We I, live turkey hunting uh here at jumping String. um having shot bear elk, uh all the deer, it's still my favorite. It's uh
1: Turkey is still turkey is
0: it's the gobble man. It's like it's like going (laughs) it's like you're almost you're you left rehab and you've almost made it and then then you, you hear that gobble and it's like all right my uh the funniest thing I've ever heard is my wife Um, And this is a quote directly from her "As every year I bust out the calls, get them rocking. She hears that first uh, Yelp go and she's like, every year I would rather die than live through another turkey season. Because from (laughs) February until May, it's just yelping, gobbling, clucking. I mean, it's and I've got every slate call, every style. I got to try them all out every year as if I forgot what they sound like. Um, and Cole's, Cole's the same way and Cole's a lot better turkey hunter than I am. He's been doing a lot longer. Um, but we've been pretty fortunate. Um, we usually tag out every year. So it's been, it's been awesome. So it's the gobble
1: that gets you, huh?
0: The gobble. It's the gobble. But a
1: bull elk bugle doesn't get you more
0: jacked than a gobble? Well, here's the deal. When I hear bugles, it's always... Off in the distance. Um, oh, I've okay. had a couple, I've had a couple close calls uh, during archery season, but it's like there's no chance. When there's the gobble, it's like I can make this happen. And then yeah. if I let, if it goes bad, it's not like a crushing defeat. You put a stock on a bull elk all day long, it's like the most crushing feeling you could ever have, knowing that that's the last time you'll see that bull elk. And it's not going to happen. <laughs> Dude, that's the beauty of it, though. It's like, oh, man, I just put
1: in so much work. Now, when I do connect with this bull, it's just going to be like everything. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Everything in the world is it. right. I love turkey, Cotton I feel like turkey. it's this. See, I get it. Like, when you're sitting there and you're like, oh, okay, I'm hunting turkey. Oh, that turkey didn't come in. I'm not devastated about it. You know, because all I had to do was sit here. Yeah. And then when it does happen, it's like, oh, that turkey came in. And all right. I did was sit here. You know, like that's my right. thing with it. I mean, Cole, you've listened to the podcast. Nick, yeah. I don't know how much you've listened to it. Oh, I yeah. am, I'm the guy. That, like, when, it, when you live in a state and you're not a fan of their football team and you have to hear people talk about how good their football team is, oh, this is our year, this is our year. That's me with turkey hunting, okay? I just listen to people like, <laughs> oh, dude, there's nothing. Th- spring thunder, man. There's nothing like it. It's crack for the hunter. And I'm just like, yeah, it's all right. But, yeah, I'm like, I just – I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't want you guys to be deceived by this because Wait. I have been getting more into turkey hunting lately, right? Mm-hmm. I found myself today thinking about turkeys, which mm-hmm. is like the earliest I've ever thought about turkeys in the year. I, I'm, I'm like coming around and I, I'm enjoying it, right? I've always enjoyed <laughs> it, but yeah. now I'm actually like, okay, it's going to be fun. I am looking forward to those
0: spring Dan, mornings where I'm sitting there. Dan, and it's okay. Hopefully... We've all been where you are. Um, we have a group called TA. Uh, we meet every Thursday at seven. Um, you're welcome <laughs> to join us. We talk turkeys. <laughs> no, I, I mean, one that's, day, man. That's how it looks, one day, I'll be a diehard turkey hunter.
2: Yeah. Well, now you got your property, you guys. Once you get those that first turkey on your own property, it's it's a game changer.
1: Oh, listen, man, that, oh, okay. Dude, I almost panicked there for a second. I was like, no, I was thinking about, it. I'm like, a turkey is going to be the first animal I kill on my property.
2: <laughs> yeah, like,
1: no, 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 no. I'm going rabbit hunting tomorrow. So that is not the case. I will be killing rabbits tomorrow and not turkey. So I'm going to pop if
0: you know my what's property good for you Dan. on rabbits. No, if you know what's good for you, you're going to wait for that turkey.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. we'll
1: see man i've never seen turkey on this property but i have seen some big bucks i've seen a lot of rabbits so far um i've had deer oh my gosh dude they're coming in on a cycle every two hours i've had deer at deer in the woods all day long today um Hell and then yeah. i've had a raccoon on camera but i haven't been over on this portion of my property or driven by it even very much even when i used to drive by i could see the other side um but wow. like turkey hunting here dude i can almost if you come out and put the time in and you're even decent at calling i could almost guarantee you two two turkeys in the spring like there are that many of them out here and dude it, the fact that i can kill a turkey every single year tells you how many turkeys there are out here and how maybe i don't like them that much because they're not a challenge here they're easy yeah. dude If I can kill turkeys, anybody can kill kill turkeys.
2: No, it's – in Indiana, we're only allowed one bird. Like I've had plenty of years where I've been – there's been – like this story. There was a time I couldn't open – I couldn't hunt. I usually take off every opening day of turkey season, uh, deer season. I take off every opening day except I couldn't take off waterfall season because I was in uh, Montana – but I couldn't hunt opening, opening morning, which I was super bummed about. I was had to work next to these guys to make sure I could get my electric in while they're doing vice versa. So my uncle's property is what I hunt, and I dropped my stuff off at his barn. He's got a barn there. And I drove my work van there, and I bought my turkey tag in my van, and I walked out there. I'm like time I ever hunting this party in the evening I usually hunt it in the morning so I'm like you know what I'm gonna get to the edge of the woods give a yelp see where they're at I did that they're 40 yards from me and I'm like geez okay I just gotta sit down right here and within 25 minutes I I shut that that my season lasted 25 minutes <laughs> yeah. I, I was like I was nervous I was nervous to like tag my turkey online thinking like the dnr like i'm like should i do it wait the 48 hours because they're gonna be like he just bought his tag 25 minutes ago and he's already got a turkey
1: yeah dude yeah. i've done that before i've bought a tag and i was like man it is gonna it's got to be suspicious you would think for people you to yeah buy a tag and then not that long i want to say that happened to me a couple years ago i bought a tag for archery season Oh, that's what happened actually. So I bought, I bought a tag for, I might get this flipped, but you'll get the gist of it. I bought a tag for, uh, archery season, but I accidentally went on and bought my rifle tag. So I go out to hunt and I'm sitting in the stand. And for some reason, I was like, man, I feel like something's wrong. Like, I just – you know that weird feeling where you're like yeah, something's no, you're, off and no, I don't know what yeah. it was. And so I was like, I wonder – so I get on the on the MDC app and I look and I'm like, shoot, I'm hunting right – like I'm out here with a bow and I just accidentally bought uh, uh, my general license, which comes with a buck and a doe or sometimes it's a buck and two does. And then I bought a bonus doe, but I bought them all for rifle and not for archery. And I'm like, dang it. So luckily I've got service in the tree, so I go back on and I buy – the the archery permits and then i ended up shooting one and i'm like <laughs> i guarantee someone's gonna be calling me like hey man yep something doesn't really add up here but i'm glad that i didn't shoot the deer first and then yeah, buy yeah. the tag you know like <laughs> shoot it realize yeah. my mistake i think at that point i probably would have just called uh yeah the department yeah, of like, conservation hey, and been like hey guys honest mistake like i i meant to buy a tag clicked the wrong ones I was in a hurry trying to get a last minute, whatever. But I can see how accidents like that happen. And I feel like that type of thing, they're pretty understanding about. If they catch you like a week later and you're like, oh, yeah, I just shot one, they're like, you don't have a tag. It's like that might be a little bit different. But
2: if you, yeah, I feel like if you, as long as you're 100% honest with them, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to get you for anything.
0: You know, they're like,
2: "Ah, you know, next time, you know, just be conscious about this. Be like, all right, yeah, no problem.
0: Unless you can't show up with the seven by seven at the DNR station and be like, ah, I thought it was a spike turning myself in. Sorry. <laughs> oh
2: my.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That might, that might not work. Yeah. But, oh, I didn't realize archery season started, uh, last week <laughs> and I shot this massive trophy bull elk with a rifle. Can you cut me but some I'm being slack honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Honesty yeah. will only get you so far, I guess.
0: Yeah, out here yeah. In, in the western states, a lot of times, I mean, even if you're honest, they'll be like, "Okay, we won't give you a ticket, but we still got to take the animal," because, yeah, you know, they, I, I mean, it makes sense because you truly just can't have. Oh yeah, I hit this hit this giant bull elk with my truck, or and then I had to, you know, put a bullet into him because he was suffering, or, um. You know, whatever. I accidentally shot this animal, but I'm turning myself in. So then they'll still, you know, if they think you're telling the truth, they won't write your citation. But they'll still they still got to take the animal because they don't want to. Yeah. Have that happening all the time. In all reality, too, I feel like there's got
1: to be some type of negative uh, response so that you learn something. Right. Oh, yeah. Like Mm -hmm. if it was just like, oh, no, big deal. Whatever. Keep the animal I mean the the odds of something like that happening again probably go through the roof whereas if there's a pretty negative response to it you're you're going to be like man I'm really going to double check I'm going to make sure I've got mm-hmm. my ducks in a row like everything's lined up all the T's are crossed and die's o- I's eyes dotted and uh yeah I feel like you've got to you've got to learn from your mistake you know and if there's if there's no repercussions you're probably not going to learn as quickly <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: Check your regs,
1: triple check, dude, and do it every year. Oh, I ran. Over, I tell yep. people that all the time. Ran every ran over, year,
2: I ran over those Montana regs so much because they're it, it. was like reading. It was like trying to read geometry back in high school. I'm just like, oh, okay. This is you do for this for this. You do <laughs> like, oh boy, this is a this is harder than high school, dude. When you first pick up one of those
1: western regulation books like you almost mm-hmm. need a regulation book to explain the regulation book i mean it's you did, it's it's pretty overwhelming
2: i need one of those uh those guy those dummy guides to you know like how they always used to come up with dummy guide the electrical or something like that <laughs> dummy guide to western western big game hunting how to, how to read the regs
0: yeah how to wake how heading. to wake up during a bear attack on time for dummies <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: that's what they should do they should have the different categories so you know how it'll say like deer and then it's the next five pages and then elk is the next seven pages and then it what it should yeah. be like hey flip to page 85 if you're an idiot and are going to have a hard time with this all right this is exactly what you need to know to be legal no. now go yeah. ahead and pick your unit now go ahead and apply whatever yeah. Yep. That's funny. So uh what what's the next or what's on the agenda for this year for you guys? Any uh big hunts planned or what are you guys putting in for?
2: Uh just I really wish we could get some ice here in Indiana. It's been a pretty mild winter. We've just had a I'm a real big ice fisherman. I love doing that. Um I really want to my I got still talking over the wife about, I either want to go back out to Montana or I got a couple cousins in Colorado that are actually on the SWAT team. And, uh, they got a lot of hunting buddies out there. So they invited me out to go to Colorado. So I got to talk to him soon. Kind of get something straightened out. Like now that I got all my, like out, like my big game stuff, like I'm ready. You know, that's, that's the biggest part is just getting all your gear, you know? yeah And then, uh, so, trying to try that. Me and my buddy are actually that had that property. We're planning on doing a little bit more management this year. It's a really hard property hunt cause it's so thick. So we, the wind just kills us there. We've we're only able to hunt it so many days last year cause the way that the wind blows into the bedding areas and stuff like that. So we plan on doing some, I don't like it. Uh, the like big scent proof box blinds. We want to do a couple of those. I like, I'm, old school. I just want to sit in a tree and hopefully something comes past, you know, but you know, we, we had some really, really great bucks on camera last year and uh, we just never had a good opportunity at them just because the wind was so bad. So we plan on doing a little bit more management on that. We're going to plant some more food plots. We planted one last year that got, we planted it, I think a little too early and it just got devoured by the deer. I mean, we had trail cameras on it and it just, As soon as it came up, it was gone. So we want to try managing that a little better. Maybe one of my buddies out by me, he puts an electric fence around his. So we might try doing something like that just to keep him out. Other than that, I really – I haven't shot – this might – you might just want to kick me off the podcast right now. I have not shot a whitetail buck since I was – I'm 29 so I haven't shot one since I was 18. I just – I've had – I found when I finally got back into it, I just – I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go after – I'm going to shoot some does. So I've shot plenty of does, but I'm like, yeah. just going to go after the big one. Just – I'm going for an absolute giant. And now I'm to the point, I'm like, as long as it's mature, I don't really care how big it is. You know, it could be a small 8 by 8 but as long as it's mature, that's what I'm going for. Dude,
1: and that's so, fine. That's I mean, cool. if you – If you've got a dry spell like that, I mean, nobody's going to give you a hard time for that as long as the criteria is set by you, you know, and that's what I try to get across to people all the time. Like, it doesn't matter what everybody else says, what YouTube shows, what the people on Instagram say, like, shoot what makes you happy, you know, and if you're hunting property with other people, get on board with a management plan, so don't just shoot whatever, but if yep. if they're if they're on board with it and they're like, dude, if you want to shoot it, if, if it gets your heart race and go for it, you know, yep. I'm fine That's with that. What, yes. I think I think everybody should just instead of limiting themselves because of what they think others are going to say ever. Yeah. Here's the deal. No matter what deer you shoot, unless it's like a state record, mm-hmm. people are going to be like, ah, he probably could have been bigger next year. You know, yep. there's mm-hmm. always going to be that guy. A short so, D3 on his left side. Yeah. If you're waiting to shoot a deer that everybody's going to be happy with, you're never going to yeah, shoot yeah. a deer because you're yeah. like, nothing's ever going to make everyone happy. Well,
2: that's why I was, you know, from, you know, that one time that actually, you could probably see him right there. That's, that's the like killed. Um, yeah. After that, I'm like, I, you know, I was always, I was 18. I was, didn't know anything like I knew. Okay this is hunting season. I'm going to go out there and hunt as many days as I can. And one's got to walk past me. And I was like, and I was watching all these hunting shows, food plots, shoot big deer. So I'm like, okay, food plots, bring in big deer. All I'm shooting is big deer. I've had plenty of deer opportunities, but like, th- this is how I'm going to do it. Just big deer, big deer. That's, it's all anybody cares about. Now that I'm older, I'm just like, as long as like, and the shows have been watching right now, or you know, like I don't know if ever point you ever broken point on you I shoot mature deer or or nice deer. And that's all I want. That's you know, our rule on my buddy's property is is if you'd mount it or you're happy with it, that's you know that's that's what you can shoot. Yeah. Shoot it and be like, ah, maybe I should have waited. You know, don't as long as it makes you happy. And you, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to get this thing mounted or, you know, I, I can't wait to hang the skull, the European mount on my wall. That's, that's what gets me going. That's, and that's all I'm looking for is something that's just going to get my heart racing and, and make me happy. Yeah. But no, that's like, cool. I was, I was just always like 170 and up. That's, that was in my mind in high school.
1: <laughs> oh, Bro, I would have to move to a different state, man. I never yeah. see those deer
0: yeah
2: well that's that's the thing my my uncle he he's the one that farms most of the property uh we live on a family farm of uh i don't live on it now but my mom and dad do of 2000 he's in the fields every day so he's seeing all these mature deer all the time and he knows where they're hanging out at and he was every year shooting opening day of shotgun season always shooting these 160 to 170 inch deer i'm like well, they're around here. So I'm just waiting for that. I, you know, that's, that's all I'm like, well, I'm not the one in the fields, you know, every single day of the year farming, you know, realizing what these deers patterns are. Yep.
1: No, that's true. Uh, well, Hey, I want to give you guys cause I know we're coming up on time. I know for you, Nick, it's not that late. Um, but, uh, that's me and Dan, it's getting late. Cole, man, we're, we're <laughs> in this central time zone. Uh, before we yep. hop off though, Uh, why don't you guys share about your podcast, about your YouTube channel, what people can expect if they go on and listen or go on and watch and, uh, where, where they can
0: find it. Yeah. So, uh, 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 yeah. So, uh, anywhere you get your podcast jumping the string, that's our, uh, that's our namesake, um, just cause Cole and I grew up doing archery hunting so much and um, we love archery hunting and we usually lose a couple deer a year to um, them jumping the string. So that's kind of where the name came up from. Um, our, uh, Instagram jumping the string, same with YouTube jumping the string. Um, pretty active on the Instagram. Um, this year we're going full out on our podcast. So, um, you know check we got wait, so coming.
2: we got a new we got a new lo- logo coming soon right
0: yep yep we're going going all out on it so uh yeah if you uh um want to check us out jumping the string um we've got uh turkey hunt coming up obviously we've got a awesome turkey video on our youtube um it's already on there yep yep it's already out uh our buddy jeremy shoots a turkey in the breastplate and the arrow bounces off um, so that's pretty interesting and uh, we've got a uh, Awesome pack rafting video from a wilderness trip um, our friend Roe and uh, our wives did uh, two years ago now. So if you're into the the wilderness stuff, backcountry stuff, that was a seven day, uh, sixty mile backcountry travel on foot and pack raft, and that was pretty awesome. So some cool videos out, more to come. Cole's got his bear yep. hunt from last fall that'll be coming out shortly, and yep. uh, we got. Uh, we got spring bear in Montana coming out. We got spring bear in Idaho coming up. Um, and then it's turkey time, baby. See, here's the deal, man. I just right now
1: realize I can prove that turkey hunting isn't as important to you as you <laughs> think it is because your <laughs> podcast and your YouTube channel are called Jumping the String and not <laughs> I Do It for the Gobble.
0: <laughs> hey we love all types of hunting turkey hunt's <laughs> my personal favorite um uh we would be more into archery but cole keeps setting us back he uh we got an episode uh if you can find it um cole uh cole glued his arrow inserts in backwards and then proceeded to shoot them all and uh he got a shotgun pattern essentially out of his bow so uh oh yeah, my gosh but, so it was a Cole set us back a, a couple times, but wait, how do you uh, glue your
1: arrow insert in backwards? So, I uh, have you ever heard of
2: vector arrows?
0: Yeah, they're now so uh, method the, archery. Now, I believe, are they? Yep, they uh, got did a so, name change actually.
2: So, they send you a I could so you could see it for uh, they send you this blacks. This metal sleeve that goes over it yep well i thought you know men (laughs) don't read direction i thought because there's an insert that goes inside of it i thought you put the insert in this and you slide it on like that and i did that i'm like that looks really weird (laughs) i'm like
0: I guess I'll do the um, other six yeah. arrows the same way.
2: <laughs> I only did six arrows that way. I I kept six arrows different, and then and then I shot it. And I'm like, yeah, this it's like flying like this, like through the <laughs> air, and and so I that makes I okay that act- makes
1: more sense because I'm used to like the actual inserts that Insert. slide into it, and they've yeah, got that collar is- on the end that catches it. I'm like, yeah. I don't even know, like. You just surface glued them together?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I misspoke. It was his outsert. So. Okay, you're yeah, out. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Shout out, I got shout it. out to those guys though. They uh, yeah, Cole...
2: they sent me some new, they sent me some arrows. So I, as in long the reg book, they build. need
1: to. In the reg book, it needs to also be arrow building for dummies. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
0: Sweet. So but yeah, we got the. Them.
2: Yeah, it was a good Go
0: time. Yeah.
2: They I uh they gave them. him
0: some they gave him some free arrows because they we he gave him permission to make fun of him on their podcast. So...
2: <laughs> I, even, I You paid for it email, in humiliation. I said, hey. Yep. I said, Hey, you're gonna think this is real stupid, but I glued a couple of my inserts, my outserts bad and I sent him a picture of it, I said, Yeah, I'm stupid. And I said <laughs> hey, do you I like, cause the epoxy that they had, I'm like, can I heat it up? Like just slowly, like turn the arrow and heat it up and then like pull it out and redo it. Is that going to be okay? They're like, we really don't recommend it, but, uh, you gave us a good laugh. Uh, I hope you don't mind if we share this on your, our podcast and, uh, we'll send you a couple more arrows. And I said, no, go ahead. So they sent me arrows and they even sent me a free hat. So shout out to now method archery for, for. The arrows in the hat, I I appreciate it because.
1: Now listen, uh, everybody listening to this or watching this on YouTube, needs to send the jump in the string guys pictures of putting things in backwards. So like your (laughs) shotgun shell, just put it in backwards. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Your boots, just put those on backwards, maybe on the wrong feet, and then we'll just make this thing go viral and just have a lot of fun with it, all at Cole's expense. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah that's fine i'm i'm used to it i'm usually the brunt of everybody's jokes so i was as soon as they said do you mind for using the podcast i said no i needed to give everybody else a good laugh too because it gave myself a laugh too because i shot that arrow i'm like yeah this, is, this ain't <laughs> this kill me not, anything.
1: <laughs> this is not right no that's funny well man i appreciate you guys hopping on best <laughs> of luck with spring spring bear hunts with the draws coming up with turkey hunting even even, oh my gosh even with turkey hunting and nick man i'm excited for you to be
0: excited about the gobbles yes thank you and then uh we let we let that go to the side and then um we bust out the the bugle tubes and then the wives go I would rather die than live through another elk season, and then it's just a <laughs> continuous rotation. And um, but we appreciate it, man. We really, we really, uh, great. Thanks yeah. for having us on. We had a great time, and we'll have to have you on ours as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, man. Let me know anytime.
2: Awesome. I, I'm glad I got to hold of you, Dan. You know, before we get off, I got to tell just a quick story. I've been following you on TikTok and Instagram for a while i i saw your tiktok one time and i'm like man that seems like a a good podcast i have to listen to it then I, you actually posted like a long time ago about guests and i went to i don't know what happened i i thought i sent it through and then i never got any response back i'm like oh must must be full no no big deal then when i then when he asked for guests this time and i got him like Oh, this what actually went through. Maybe I just didn't do it right last time. So I haven't, I've been following you for a while and I appreciate all your TikToks. I show my wife because she's, she's like, Oh, that's a pretty good. When I said, I said, yeah, really.
1: <laughs> it's I'm, I'm glad people relate to it. And it's funny. I feel, I feel terrible because with the form submissions, like trying to go through those is crazy. And I didn't realize it. It'll it go for like a week where every form submission comes through as one email. And then all of a sudden, I, I didn't realize this until after, I bet you I missed hundreds of form submissions. One time I saw oh, it, really? and it had the number 52 next to it on oh, one email. No. And I was like, wait, what? And I, I open it. And then I scroll down, and it's literally 52 different form submissions that all came through in one email. And I'm like, dude, oh, I don't no. know how long this has been going on. And so I think that's just an error with the whatever platform it's using. Uh-huh. I've got to figure it out. There's got to be something weird that either the the guest can click or that I can uncheck to keep that from mm-hmm. happening so that they all come in individually, but... It's fun, man. I love, I love reading the submission forms. Like there's some people who are just like, man, I kind of suck at hunting, but I like talking
0: about it. You should
1: have me on. And I'm like,
0: you (laughs) You sound
1: awesome. And I feel like we'd have a lot of fun talking.
0: Yeah. That's our big thing is we're just a couple average Joes, you know, we're not in it to, to be famous or make a bunch of money. We're just average guys that love to hunt and talk about it and laugh at each other, laugh at Cole, Um, tell stories about Cole. Um you know, Cole's got a sweet mullet, so um we talk about that a lot. But yeah, it's a great time jumping the string. Thanks again for having us on, Dan. And that is gonna wrap it up for today's show. Man,
1: I I normally have a bunch of updates for you. I don't really have a whole lot new. Honestly, it's been like checking trail cameras. We did move into an apartment. I'm still trying to get the tractor running. That dumpy blue trailer, if you follow on social media, is off the property. But really the next big thing, I'm just hoping to get that tractor running soon so that I can start getting food plots in uh here this spring. I know it's been a little bit warmer, but I know winter is not over yet here. So um yeah, that's basically it. Hoping to find some more sheds, do some trips. Ooh, actually I do have a couple updates. So My buddy Brian and I are going to head down to Colorado. We're going to shed hunt Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona with Stephen Walker. He's a guy I've had on the podcast a couple times, as well as the Western Rookie Podcast. And... I'm really looking forward to that trip. So that's gonna be fun. We're also gonna go down and see Scout, see how his training's coming along. He does have an eye issue right now, which they're gonna get that looked at, but we're gonna go hang out with uh, best retrievers down there in Texas. And then also I'm probably gonna bump over with Landon and Brandon from Rogue Texan Outfitters and do another helicopter hog hunt. So I said there wasn't a lot of updates. That's quite a few updates. Anyways, I think that's all I got for you guys today. So, until next time, always choose adventure, and God bless.